2: Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
3: You
1: are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
0: It's hour two on this Friday. It's a meat Friday at that. We brought in reinforcements. We brought in the cavalry. Chad and Julie from Traeger are here. And the Happy Meat Friday, Swedish meatballs, glazed pork roast, with wild rice stuffing, loaded smashed potato casserole, maple glazed Brussels sprouts, peppermint truffle cheesecake, and yes, Christmas martinis. All of that on the Traeger. Who has it better than we do? Nobody. Nobody. All righty. Got your phone calls coming up. Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk will tell us if the Chargers would fire Brandon Staley during the season. And does he believe Bill Belichick will be coaching somewhere else next season? Michael, join us coming up. Chargers have lost five of their last six games. In four of those losses, they've given up at least 31 points. They gave up 36 to the Dolphins, 41 to the Lions, and 63 last night. In the span of four days, they've lost to divisional opponents, Denver and Las Vegas, by a combined 87-28. to 28.
1: Start of the day, start of the day, start of the day.
0: Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Say good morning if you're watching on Peacock. Thank you for downloading the app and our radio affiliates, iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio. Seton, poll question for hour two is going
4: to be what? Yeah, we got up there. Uh, NFL franchise in the worst shape going forward. Uh, right now, I think it's recency bias, but you've got the LA Chargers leading, followed mm. by the Cal- Carolina Panthers. It's interesting. Okay. Uh, Patriots getting a decent amount of that vote, too. Yeah. I think that that's fraudulent. Well, having a quarterback
0: always helps, or having a really, really high draft pick always helps. Yeah. All right. Uh, Patriots have that, by the way. They do. They a have very, the number two pick right now.
4: A very high draft
0: pick. Yes. Yeah. But does Bill Belichick screw that up somehow by winning a couple of games? And then they drop a little bit, and then he goes to another franchise? Maybe. 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 By the way. Uh, Coming up Sunday night, we have Jacksonville and the Ravens. So Lamar Jackson uh, continuing his MVP chase there. That'll be uh, coming up. Also, the PNC Championship, the family affair. That's where uh, Tiger and his son, Charlie, Annika Sorenstam and her son, they're involved in this, the PNC Championship. Your phone calls on the way. But uh, let's bring in Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk Live, the uh, co-host and uh, contributor to uh, Football Night in America. Also, Mike has a new book, On Our Way Home, currently available online wherever books are sold. And all the proceeds go to Mike's local animal shelter. How would you sum up this book, Mike, a a for-the-holiday type book?
5: It is a holiday book that lands at the intersection of It's a Wonderful Life and A Christmas Carol. And people have said to me, your book is kind of dark. And I said, have you ever watched It's a Wonderful Life? George Bailey is ready to jump off a bridge and end his own life, for crying out loud. A Christmas Carol <laughs> is a story about a miserable old bastard who is visited by ghosts <laughs> who ultimately show him dead in a cemetery. You got to go through some darkness to find some light. So the story's dark, but it's also lighthearted. And it has, I think, a positive message about renewing broken relationships with family members or others that you would like to have a better relationship with. And the holiday season is a perfect time to use that as a spark to try to rekindle those old relationships.
0: It sounds like you, though. Are you describing
5: you a little bit dark? But I don't know anything about that. No, no, I. no, no. no. I don't know. Dark. I don't know. It depends. Depends on the day. It depends on my mood. Why are you wearing a Vikings uh, hoodie today? Closest and the cleanest, that's the wardrobe (laughs) approach for the morning show on PFT Live because usually I cut it as close as I can to 7 o'clock because all I have to do, you know, the shorter your commute, the more likely you are to be late. So all I have to do is go up a flight of steps to my studio. So in that oh crap moment of what am I going to wear, oh, that's close, that's clean, I'll put that on, I'll go upstairs. So I'm fresh from our show that obviously leads into your show on Peacock.
0: Could you see the Chargers firing Brandon Staley during the season?
5: I think a normal team would. I think a normal team would have fired him after he blew that huge lead against the Jaguars in the playoffs. Now, I've been calling for much of the season, the Chargers, the best dysfunctional team in the NFL because they're clearly dysfunctional. But of all the dysfunctional teams, they've got a franchise quarterback and they've managed to win a few games. But it really is inexcusable. When you think about all the injuries to the quarterbacks in the AFC this year, that the, ja- the, the Chargers didn't make a run, that they weren't in contention with all these guys dropping like flies, and the Chargers with Justin Herbert can't figure out how to consistently win. So I think a normal team would fire Brandon Staley today. Whether or not Chargers owner Dean Spanos is going to pull the plug on the final three games of the season, give Kellen Moore a little bit of a tryout, something to think about as he looks for a new head coach, although I think they need to, after last night, Dan, I think they need to hit the reset button. There's a cultural issue there. You had guys quitting on the team, and you're going to have guys in that locker room giving the side eye to the ones who quit, the guys who tried versus the ones who didn't, and the new coach, first order of business, is going to be, fix that, because you're going to have guys still under contract next year, some of whom tried and some of whom didn't, and now you've got to deal with that on top of everything else going forward.
0: It feels like we look at the Chargers and we go, boy, those are great uniforms. (laughs) <laughs> like, we don't, we don't, there, nobody looks better at losing than the Chargers do because of their uniforms. It's, it's like a weird phenomenon. I don't know if there's any other team in any other sport where you go, they're not very good, or they always lose big games. Like, the, the criticism is nowhere near probably where it should be for the Chargers. Why is that?
5: I don't know. But you're right. They just kind of float around, and nobody ever really expects anything from them just to look good in their uniforms. As long as you look good in your uniforms, it's okay if you're at 500. It's okay if you don't make it to the playoffs. It's okay if you're one and out. There isn't that passionate, loud fan base that other teams have that are demanding change. And maybe they're just gaslit by the fact that ownership isn't going to come in and make big changes. I mean, really, you think about last year. They could have fired Brandon Staley and hired Sean Payton and kept him away from Denver. And how much better would the Chargers be this year? Look at what Peyton's done with Russell Wilson. All that, Remember all that stuff he said to Jarrett Bell of USA Today and he got dragged for it? it? I don't think he meant to be on the record, but hey, he was on the record. He said it. And here we are in mid-December and he was right about everything he said about the Broncos, about Nathaniel Hackett, about the Jets. He was right about all of it. And look at where the Broncos are. One game behind the Chiefs for the division lead and they could still win the AFC West. It's amazing. And the Chargers could have had him because I think between the two jobs, I don't know this, but all things equal, I think Peyton takes the charge job because of Justin Herbert. It's an attractive job.
0: How many jobs will be open? Well, let me go back to the report by Tom Curran, because it was it was kind of a strange report by Tom Curran. Because he didn't even do it on his own social media. Uh, Boston Globe didn't pick it up, ESPN didn't pick it up. Like it it was reported that a decision had been made on Bill Belichick when they got back from Germany when they lost there. It just didn't catch on. So I'm curious why it didn't, and do you think that the Patriots have already told Bill what their decision is?
5: Well, let me tell you where it did catch on. It caught on at profootballtalk.com because it was by far our most visited story of the week. It contributed on Wednesday. It was our biggest traffic day since the day Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles tendon. So it caught fire, but what you're speaking to, Dan, is This wasn't something Tom Curran wrote for NBCSportsBoston.com. He was on some other show and he just said it. And I talked to Tom about it before I wrote anything because I wanted to make sure I was getting it accurately because I saw someone aggregated and then re-aggregated. It's like, let me just make sure I get this right. And Tom said, yeah, you know, sometimes you write something and you say something and maybe what you said you wouldn't have written, but what you said is true and it's true. So I think the truth is this. Decision made preliminarily, not implemented yet. Could have been implemented at any point between then then. And now, maybe after the Giants game, it could have been implemented. I think right now, riding the victory that they had last Thursday night in Pittsburgh, if they would beat the Chiefs on Sunday, if they build some momentum down the stretch, maybe that decision changes. Nothing's final until it's final. And I also think, Dan, the other wrinkle here is Robert Kraft would like to land the plane in a way that lets him have his cake and eat it too. Move on from Bill Belichick, but get get a draft pick or two from the next team that hires him if I'm Belichick, why am I going along with that? Why am I agreeing to an outcome that causes my next team to give up draft capital to get me? I dig in my heels and I say, look, either bring me back next year and pay me 20 million plus, or you fire me. I'm not going along with this deal. And if there's any deal to be made, it would be this. He walks away free and clear. The Patriots owe him nothing for next year if he doesn't coach. And he can go to a new team, unencumbered by any expectation that the Patriots get something in return. That needs to go. They need to set that aside and just let Belichick go wherever he wants to go.
0: He's Mike Florio. He uh, gave us pro football talk. He uh, is co-host with Chris Sims, also a Football Night in America contributor, and his new book, On Our Way Home. We had Nick Wright on. He uh, works for Fox Sports 1. He's the Chiefs apologist. And he was saying that you had Kadarius Toney lining up offsides numerous times in that game but they decided to call that play offsides. Now, I should have done a better job and say, well, why do you think they called it in that moment and they didn't call it the other times? But it's almost like the, the Chiefs are, are acting like victims here. And I, why do you think the NFL singled out that play and didn't single out the other ones that Tony was offsides on?
5: I don't know why, Dan, and look, I don't believe there's some grand conspiracy that games are fixed, that games are rigged, because frankly, I don't think the NFL is competent enough to pull that off. But I do know this. In the age of legalized gambling, exactly what Roger Goodell feared, because there are quotes, and we'll use them from time to time, from 10, 15 years ago, where Goodell says, if you legalize gambling, normal incidents of the game will be viewed with skepticism of point shaving and game fixing. And we don't want legalized gambling because we don't want that, that on us. So. You could have someone out there with the tinfoil hat, and it doesn't require a whole lot of tinfoil who looks at that. And Nick's right, because Dan Orlovsky had the video earlier this week showing all the times that the Kadarius Tony was offside. Why do you not call it every time? Why do you wait until the moment where the game is kind of on the line, two-minute drive? Why does that draw a flag? Is someone lying in wait for the opportunity to derail the effort to win the game? I don't know, and I don't believe that to be the case. But when you have that kind of inconsistency that's the problem dan inconsistency and i've been arguing they need to tear down the officiating function and embrace technology one of the points i made yesterday they've had a laser beam first down line for 10 years that they've been trying to get the nfl's attention on you put a laser beam out there that shows the first down put a beam out there that shows the line of scrimmage why does it have to be a guessing game why is it a mystery as to whether or not guys lined up right put the line on the field if you can We're not watching football to make sure that all the players line up properly before the play starts. We want to see what happens after the play starts. Give them a chance to line up properly if there's a technological way to do it. That would solve all this because then he would have been flagged the first time he did it and it would have been a non-issue by the time the end of the game came around.
0: What are the Raiders going to do at head coach?
5: Well, I think to answer that question, we need to go back to what they didn't do two years ago when Rich Bisaccia was the interim coach after John Gruden left. Took them to the playoffs, almost beat the Bengals, who went on to the Super Bowl that year. And it was as if Mark Davis gave no thought whatsoever to keeping Rich Basaccia. So this time around, not that they're a playoff team, but when you look at what Antonio Pierce is doing, the fire he brings to the job, the intensity, he's like the perfect Raiders coach. And to set the franchise record in points scored four days after getting shut out, (laughs) they're not quitting. They're not giving up. They're not folding the tents. He's found a way. See, this is why we're talking about Brandon Staley being fired and Antonio Pierce being hired. Lost season. It's over. It's done. You're playing out the string and you're risking injury along the way. Antonio Pierce found a way to push the buttons on his guys to get them to show up and play their asses off, and Brandon Staley didn't. And I think that that is coupled with the fact that Mark Davis got it wrong two years ago and not keeping Rich Basaccia. That might make him think now, you know what? I'm not going to do this twice. I'll do a short-term contract, but I want to give this guy a chance from the beginning of the offseason all the way through to the end of the season to see what he can do.
0: If John Gruden wins his lawsuit against the NFL, is there a chance he could coach the Raiders again?
5: Well, I mean, in theory, there's a chance he could coach any team again. Any team could hire him anytime they want.
0: But the Raiders are paying him, aren't they?
5: Well, they they worked out a settlement. Okay. Of his remaining contract back when he walked away and that lawsuit Dan, it is moving slowly it's been two plus years january 11 there's going to be a hearing before the nevada supreme court on the simple question of whether or not the league can pull the case into arbitration they always want to bring the case into arbitration because they control it it's all secret and they're more likely to win they never want anything to be in open court they don't want their dirty laundry to be aired out we still haven't even resolved that question though we are over two years into the case and we won't have an answer until maybe May as to whether or not it goes forward in court or before the court of Roger Goodell. So it's going to be a while until this is resolved. And I think the ship has sailed on John Gruden coaching in the NFL. But if there was anybody that was going to hire him, it's going to be Mark Davis. Yeah. And I wouldn't rule out Mark Davis sticking his finger in the eye of the league and taking the PR hit. You know, it's been over two years because <laughs> the whole reason it was all PR driven. He didn't, he didn't do anything now it was emails he sent that were horribly improper from 2011 time frame that came to light and something had to happen two years later what kind of groundswell against it will there be if Mark Davis decides to float that out there so I I wouldn't rule it out because there's nothing prohibiting him from doing it if he's willing to be the pariah in the eyes of the NFL but he kind of already is so what harm is done by bringing Gruden back I don't think it would happen But you can't take it off the tape.
0: All right, I'll leave you with this. The team that's in the worst shape right now is who?
5: Oh, it's Carolina Panthers, without question. Without question, because their owner is too involved. And he's not willing to step aside and let the people who have devoted their careers, just like he devoted his career to making a crap load of money, they've devoted their careers to perfecting the art of, of developing and coaching football teams. He wants to be involved in everything. He made that clear a few weeks ago. He reserves the right to, re- to veto any decision made, even if he's going against every single person in his football operation. He reserves the right to say, this is what I want. And until he steps back, this team is going to be a mess.
0: Thanks for joining us, Mike. Good luck with the book. Thanks for joining us as always.
5: Thanks, Dan. Good talking to you, buddy. Have That's a great week.
0: That's Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host, the show that precedes on Peacock. We'll take a break. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick
1: Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Paulie Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. Of course, you know us as the host of the number one rated show in all of sports talk, the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show. Yeah. Now, the suits at Fox Sports Radio gave us this airtime because they wanted us to tell you how great our show is. Why? Yeah, instead of us doing that, let's just let our millions of fans do the talking. Yeah,
6: play the tape. You don't know crap about sports. I mean, why am I even on this crap? Whoa, 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 whoa,
1: that's the wrong tape. Wrong tape. Just forget that. Look, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that
4: Include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win, or rent frenzies.
3: There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on.
7: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
0: Dan Patrick show. It's busy. It's a meat Friday. And in case you're wondering, what's on the Traegers? Chad and Julie came in. They uh, came in from uh, out of state to cook for us. Chad uh, has been doing this for many, many years. Swedish meatballs, glazed pork roast with wild rice stuffing. None of that tame rice. It's wild rice stuffing, loaded smashed potato casserole, maple glazed Brussels sprouts, peppermint truffle cheesecake. And yes, we're going to wash it all down with Christmas martinis. Who has it better than we do?
2: Nobody. Nobody.
0: Nobody. All right. Final hour. Dave Roberts, Dodger manager, will join us. Shohei Ohtani, the introductory press conference yesterday. I think we found out that his dog is named Decoy because I think that was the big story is that he didn't want to tell you the name of his dog because people thought that it was Dodger. And then that's where he wanted to go to play with the Dodgers. Turns out it's, I believe, Decoy. Not sure why the big mystery there, but uh, we finally got to the bottom of that. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. Good morning if you're watching on Peacock. Thank you for downloading the app and also uh, our radio affiliates around the country. We got a new poll question, I believe, for the final hour of the program, or at least,
4: do we, Seton? Yeah, we put up there uh, just a few minutes ago, more desirable head coaching job if they were available. Uh, We had Chargers, Bears, Raiders, Patriots. Right now, Chargers is the leader. Not even close. Probably because they have a quarterback. What about Carolina? Um, didn't put that in there. Okay. That's but,
0: not very desirable. By the way, the uh, there's three games on Saturday. So you have Vikings, Bengals, Steelers, Colts, Broncos, and the Lions, and some bowl games coming up this weekend. So plan your weekend accordingly. Last night, it was over early, but I think there was still that morbid curiosity of how bad can this be? And, uh, you know, when you put up a college football score like that, it's rare. We've, we've already had that with the Dolphins earlier this year against the Broncos. But you have a standalone game and everything gets exacerbated. Everything, you know, far more good, uh, far more bad when it's a standalone game. Somebody's really good and somebody's really bad. The Raiders respond to Antonio Pierce, their interim head coach, you know, after being shut out by the Vikings. As for the Chargers, without Justin Herbert, you got Easton Stick, and it went south quickly. See what I did with that, Todd? Easton Stick. Yeah, you're Winston. good. Thank you're you. Good. Yeah, all right. yeah, it's late in the week. Uh, Jeff Miller was there. He gets paid to uh, cover it from the LA Times. That's combat pay, man. Jeff joining us now. If I didn't watch it, how would you describe what happened last night?
8: If you didn't watch it, first off, congratulations! You made the right decision. <laughs> um, it, it that was an absolute abomination. It was an embarrassment. Uh, I've been doing this almost forty years, Dan. I don't know that I've ever seen a team perform po- more poorly than that. That was, it was just the words "embarrassment." And the players openly talked about it after the game, they were embarrassed. They know it. They know they just they what they did was just unacceptable. Uh,
0: Will the we already knew Brandon Staley's job was, you know, already in jeopardy there. But could the Chargers? Why? Why would the Chargers keep him for the rest of the regular season?
8: Uh, tradition, frankly, they. This is not a franchise that typically lets go of coaches in the middle of a season or during a season. Um, so, really, that's about the only reason I can think of. Uh, you know, the, the most solid reason why they wouldn't do it. Another one is they. There isn't a clear you know, former head coach or somebody on the staff who they could just turn things over to and say, hey, get us through the last three weeks here and, uh, you know, and and thanks for your efforts because they don't, ha- they don't have anybody like that. I mean, Kellen Moore is a guy who maybe could be a head coach, but really on the staff, there isn't that, you know, senior advisor type, you know, Jason Garrett type, somebody who would be on the staff who they could turn to and say, okay, just just get us through the end of this, please.
0: I was wondering, in, you don't like to use the word quit. But, man, it felt like there were some guys last night who did not want to be there. You get that sense when you went into the locker room?
8: Yeah, and I, I don't know so much. It was just, you know, these guys gave up and they just surrendered. I, I, they've been through – this has been a rough year. The, and the expectations have weighed on these guys going back to training camp. But I I think more than just, hey, this is an indictment on the character of some of these players, I think it was just these guys are human and they, they know where this is going. I mean, they – they know as, as you know as well as those of us who are on the team that this this was probably going to get blown up, and that's uh, and so I think when when you have back to back turnovers, consecutive offensive plays where you turn the ball over and the other team goes down and scores, I think it was just natural at one point during that game everybody was going to say, "Hey, this you know this is over. Let's what what are we doing here? This is just a nightmare." So I, I think probably there was some of that, but I think honestly, in my opinion, it was more of that than you know these guys are you know are bad you know, bad character guys, or they just gave up.
0: How desirable is this job?
8: Well, it's, you know, it, it starts with Justin Herbert. That, that's the biggest thing. That's the one thing you've got. You know, if you get this job, you don't have to worry about the quarterback. So that makes it very desirable. Now, with, where it they, they falls a little bit short is, you know, this is not a team we all know has never won anything. They uh, the, the ownership is, you know, they've, you know, the, the, there's been – questions about about that they're they're uh, you know they don't have a ton of cash there uh, they have to do some financial gymnastics at times to make things work but all nfl teams figure it out and and uh and the gm here will figure out whoever it is um but i i i think it's desirable just because of justin herbert and you know, the one thing is that the Spanos, is, they'll spend money. They'll invest in guys. We've seen it. So it's not like they're cheap that way. It's just they don't have the cash to do some of the things that, you know, especially in-season things that some some teams can do.
0: What's the fan interest? I've been in L.A. now a couple of years, but have they been embraced? You know, there's so much competition in, in uh, town, but how, how would you rank that fan base? Like, are they angry? Are they passionate where they you know they're calling
8: for change here the 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 charger fans the real fans they, they're very passionate the problem is there's just not a ton of them but you they were chanting for staley to get fired last home game so they're they'll make some noise and there's there's people trust me all you gotta do is go on social media and there's there's a lot of venom and a lot of anger out there uh, it's just that there's not a ton of them and the fact that this team has never won anything you know from the national perspective i don't think you get much attention and there's not you know fans around the country don't really care that much about the chargers because they never win they're never relevant so uh i would say though in in this market um i'm not going to say embraced i mean other than the dodgers and lakers and when usc football is good i don't you know everybody struggles to to show up on the radar but uh, but there's the charger fans that are passionate i mean there's. There's, there's, believe me, there's some that are. Uh, I get emails, I get this thing blows <laughs> up when they, uh, <laughs> there are text messages and DMs, and uh, there, there's a lot of anger this morning. Believe me.
0: Would you rather be a Charger fan today or an Angels fan today?
8: Oh wow, see that's interesting because I covered both these teams, so I know both of them pretty well. <laughs> uh, I would, I, you know, I'd rather be a Charger fan just because of Justin Herbert and the fact that they're they're rarely boring. The Angels can be boring. Uh, the chargers generally are, I think chargers are more entertaining and sometimes it's in a terrible way, but they are more entertaining. So I would go, uh, I'm going to go with the chargers.
0: Great to talk to you, Jeff. Thanks for joining
8: us. All right, Dan. Anytime. Thank you.
0: That's Jeff Miller. He covers the chargers for the LA times. How about that? He gets the angels and the chargers. Yay. How's morale? Yeah, that I, I was told that earlier today by a TV executive that the Chargers don't make those in-season changes. They won't. But you certainly could. Why not try something new? If you say this is tradition, yeah, where's tradition got you? Not very far. A couple of phone calls. Baker and Bozeman, Dave Roberts, will join us in about uh, 20 minutes from now.
6: Hey, Bake. Happy Friday, Danny. Thank h- you. H- m- h- uh, happy – Happy meet Friday, Danette. Um, so, Dan, I've got got two enhancement ideas for your for your show. I, I love your show. You guys are like family. Um, and and I was reminded earlier with Mike Florio, you know, you have certain guests that are so exceptional that they warrant a recurring segment, in my opinion. Mm. In the same way that Reggie Reggie Aloysius, you know, he's so awesome. Every he brings it, it's always great. Mike Florio during the, during the football season, maybe Fridays with Florio because he is so darn good. So. Okay. That's my first, first idea. The second one is a new podcast because I love Dan Patrick Takes a Gamble. I love the Backroom Guys, the 1215 podcast. So I've got another one. and I was thinking about this because you're, the relationship that you have with Fritzy
5: mm. it,
6: it is a, an interesting one. And it reminds me of one other relationship that you have because in, in uh, almost instantaneously, you, you, you clearly love Fritzy. But, but you guys have this, like, relationship where he kind of instantly annoys you and it ma- makes me think of bad Larry. And so what about a new podcast, Misery Loves Company, and you just put Larry and Fritzy in a room together and you just listen?
0: <laughs> Thank you, Big. As long as I don't have to listen to it, then <laughs> that would be fine. But, but I, I tell Fritzy that I love him, but I don't always like him. That I do. We've been together for two decades here. I love him, but I don't always like him.
6: We had a shirt made up, I think.
0: Yes, we did. Uh, Brent in Texas. Hi, Brent. What's on your mind
6: today? Hey, Dan and Danette. Hey, Dan. Um, curious to your take. I know my take. I'm curious to yours on Draymond Green comparison to Dennis Rodman. To me, it's no comparison. You got Draymond Green with one more defensive player of the year than Rodman, one more NBA all-team defense. But rebound wise, Rodman has like twelve thousand rebounds to Draymond Green's like five thousand. To me, it's no comparison. And so I'm curious to your take. And then also, yeah, what is it, Fritzy? Let's give Fritzy flack Friday. Like the guy, he cracks me up, man. Remember the time when he he left his mic on during the Marv Albert interview? It's classic. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Happy holiday.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Brent. That was legendary. Where I'm interviewing the great Marv Albert, and Fritzy was. Had his microphone on, didn't realize that he had it on, and he's just giving commentary. And it sounded like this
9: The 79 is the new 78. You realize. <laughs> <laughs> Todd. So, oh, uh, I have my mic. Yeah, I'll, be, I'll be watching it. I hope it gets off. I think that. Yeah. So bad and cringy.
0: Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Uh, but thank you for the phone call
2: there, Brent. <laughs> yes, Paul. I really enjoy that clip because, as Fritzy realizes he has his mic on, he asks us for if his mic is on while his mic is still on to you. Yeah,
0: and then he gives Marv a you know credit for a good line. Huh, that's, a, that's a good line. <laughs> Play it one more time, there, Marv. The
9: seventy nine is the new seventy
0: eight. <laughs> <idea. laughs>
9: Todd. So uh, oh, I have my mic. Yeah, I'll be Todd. I'll be watching it. I hope it gets off. I think that.
0: <laughs> and Marv had no clue. I had no clue what we were doing. Like, okay. Uh, let's see. Nate in Eugene. Hi, Nate. Hey, m- morning, Dan. Dan m- Ed. Morning. Morning.
9: Hey, I wanted to invite you guys to the uh, annual Krappensburg State Crapmas Choir, <laughs> uh, hosted by notable Crappensburg State alumni, the Scatman, and featuring Krappensburg State a cappella group, the
6: Dingleberries.
0: Thank you, Nate. <laughs>
4: Mary Krapmus
0: has some legs. Mary Krapmus. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I like that.
2: Craptacular. Yeah. Crap,
0: we gotta come up with the Krapinsburg State fight song though. Mm. Yeah. Well. <laughs> uh maybe I shouldn't say that out
4: loud with Fritzy. You know, coming up I'm with the kind of lyrics i going to a couple here. of verses. Well, you know, immediate. He immediately, when you said that, I could just see out of my, like, periphery. Yeah. He immediately turned to his keyboard. He <laughs> <I did. laughs> started. Yeah, as soon as he said, oh, we should come up with that, he immediately turned to his keyboard. Not today, Todd. Not
0: today. Now, I forget
5: things, and I have to put it down not, right away. Or not today.
4: Forget.
0: Not today. All right, we'll take a break here. Back with more phone calls. Dodger manager Dave Roberts here in a little bit after this. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation.
1: Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
3: All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards.
2: All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
0: Last call for phone calls. What we learned. What's in store for Monday.
2: How about this day in sports history, Paulie? Sure. Got a couple for you. Um, Paul Bear Bryant retired. Announced his retirement an 82 for the coach of Alabama. Arthur Ashe, 92, Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year. Okay. And uh, let's see. In 1997, the Niners retired Joe Montana's number 16 during halftime of a game against the Broncos.
0: Uh, Carson Palmer, our uh, friend, he won his Heisman on t- uh, in 2002 on this day. And let's see, anything else? The Raiders play their final game in Oakland. They ended up losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's Dave Roberts, Dodger manager, two-time World Series champion. And um, I don't know if you know this, Dave, but you have a Pinot Noir, the Red Stitch friends and family. It just received. Do you know what the rating was from Wine Spectator? I
9: don't. Break the news. Come on, Dan. 93. Really? Yes. Yes. Well done, Red Stitch. Thank you, Dan. Yeah,
0: just wanted to let you know that your Pinot Noir got a 93. Uh, Probably nothing else to talk to you about, Dave, so that was it. Just wanted to give you an update on your wine.
9: Yeah, there's nothing going on in sports or baseball. Absolutely not. Well, hey, good chatting. (laughs) What
0: role did you play in signing or helping to sign Shohei Otani?
9: So, you know, it, it's, it was, it's, uh, obviously, I think it started obviously in, uh, 16 when we courted him, as many people did, and I think that you know, I think, Dan, it's like, over time, and you can tell, Shohei's very cerebral, very thoughtful in his words, very observant, and over the course of the last six years, as we've dug in on him, and as we do all players, I'm sure he dug in on me, you know, with players and coaches that he was with, with the Angels and around the league, and so I think there was a process. Uh, as far as kind of the shorter term, near term, uh, you know, it was the it was the meeting that we had and kind of finalizing some things and talking about what day-to-day life would look like as a Dodger. And and for me, um, certainly with my Japanese heritage, my background, uh, we have a great connection and uh, Mike Trout and I have a good connection and Dino Ebel, who was a coach over there. So I'm sure that uh, Shohei did his due diligence with me. So Honestly, Dan, we hit it off really well, and uh, he just kind of wanted to see how things are going to be. So I feel really good about where we're at and continuing to build that relationship going forward. How
0: much Japanese do you speak?
9: So not much. Um, I could say the, uh, the easy scoshi. Um I know a couple words. You know, Tomodachi, I can count to like 20. But uh, I do need to get
0: better, man. Absolutely. Can you count to 700 million, Dave? <laughs> Absolutely not. What about that
9: uh, iconic historical contract? But the thing about that, though, Dan, which is great, is that this is something that Shohei and Nez brought to the Dodgers. And even Andrew said, I wouldn't have had the guts to present some type of structure like that to a player, but that speaks to what Shohei wanted, you know, uh, for as far as being competitive uh uh, you know, appreciating the CBT, uh, you know, for the years that we can look out as a Dodger.
0: As far as well, pitching's off the table this year. What position is Shohei going to be playing? Do you think on a regular basis?
9: It's uh, two initials, two letters, DH. So uh, he's going to DH, and um, you know he's taking dry swings now and his goal is to be ready by opening day. And so, uh, you know, I hope that holds, but you know, he's going to be ready when he's going to be ready. And then he's going to start taking, uh, some soft toss and things like that. But this guy is so uber competitive, Dan. And that's one thing that, you know, the humility there, you know, the talents there, but I really didn't appreciate, uh, you know, the, the real drive. And I saw that documentary that he had and how thoughtful he was. So, uh, He'll be ready at some point as far as the hitting, and then the pitching is going to be picked up next year.
0: You're planning on him being a two-way player after this year?
9: Absolutely. And, you know, there was even a little talk with Shohei um, about, you know, come September when he can pick up a baseball and throw, uh, would he be open to uh, taking some balls out there in left field? And he said, if it works and my arm feels okay, you know, I'm open to it. So we'll see, Uh, but we got a lot of time before we get to that point.
0: When did you know you had him?
9: (laughs) When my son, when we were at a life, uh, a celebration of life for his uh, roommate's father in college, uh, showed me the phone and said, We got Shohei. So (laughs) I think what was great, Dan, I think I found out, I think you found out. Minutes before I found out, um, I don't do social media, so I think my son told me. And Shohei, as you can tell, Dan wanted to control this whole narrative, which I respect, I appreciate. So um, I think I found out when everyone else found out.
0: Can you talk about Tyler Glasnow? So, I don't know. I mean,
9: obviously it's out. Uh, I, I don't know if, uh, physicals are, are final. I think it's going to be hopefully announced later today. Um, so I'm excited. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think the pieces that they've talked about are the pieces. So it, it's amazing, amazing, uh, in sports today how things get out. I don't know how it got out, but, uh, Sort of with respect to, to Pepio and uh, Johnny DeLuca, I don't want to go too far into it, but I do think that if, if everything kind of T's are crossed, I's are dotted, physicals are passed, then it should kind of go through. But uh, if it does play out, you know, we're really excited uh, to, to get a player like that and also Manny Margot.
0: How close were the Dodgers to getting Otani the first time around?
9: You know, I, I, I don't think we were. Um, I, I, think that we put our best foot forward, but I think ultimately he wanted an opportunity to be in the lineup, uh, essentially every day, uh, to then pitch. And I think, as I recall, we presented something where, you know, we could try to formulate 250, 275 plate appearances with the, with the, uh, the, uh play left field, pinch hit at times you know, with kind of appreciating his pitching schedule, but you can't compare it to 600-player appearances that an American League team wanted. I think he was really comfortable uh, in Anaheim, kind of uh, the market, the the geography as well.
0: What about uh, his relationship with uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto? Do they have an existing relationship, and uh, are you using him as a recruiter?
9: Absolutely. Uh we're we're doing that. Uh we'd be crazy not to. Um I, I think that with uh, that uh, Team Japan, which uh, as we all saw, Dan, that that was pretty special. I mean obviously uh they beat the US and you know, um seeing Shohei versus Trout that that's some that moment right there in, in sports was uh something I'll always remember as will many people, but uh they were teammates and so uh I, I do do know that uh, Yoshinobu Nobu, uh, you know, is excited uh, being recruited. Uh, we hosted him, and I thought we did a really good job and had players there to kind of uh, see what life would look like. Some, some, uh, what of normalcy, you know. Uh, being around our guys and having lunch and kind of having one-off conversations with his potential teammates, uh, as well as showing other Stadium, things like that. So yeah, they do have a good relationship. So hopefully everything lines up and uh, it would be quite the off season.
0: Great to talk to you, Dave. I know you're uh, short on time and always great to talk to you. Congratulations on your, uh, your wine, uh, your Pinot Noir.
9: Oh, Dan, thank you so much, man. It's always good chatting with you. So I'm heading out to Madison Club right now. So uh, if you've got a free weekend, man, come out and join me and let's uh, play a little golf,
0: buddy. Now, the, the first tee at the Madison Club, they give you a shot of yes. vodka, the iced uh, shot glass, and then you have to throw it and try to hit like a bell, don't you?
9: So it's tequila. It is oh. a little ice glass, and I have been known to, to hit the bell and get a shot, uh, a hat that says shot. So uh, if I do hit the bell, I'm going to shoot you a text. If uh, you don't hear from me, it's not good.
0: Well, uh, great to talk to you, as always, and thanks again, Dave. Later, DP. That's Dave Roberts, the Dodger manager. By the way, Madison Club, yeah, It's pretty good. Pretty good. And right across the street from Coachella. And then I was playing with a member. And he's saying, uh, you know whose house that is? I go, no. Like, why would I know any of these houses? He goes, well, that's Adele's. I go, oh, okay. What about that one? He said, "Uh, that's uh, Kanye's. I said, "Uh, okay. What about about that one? He said, "Uh, well, that's uh, Kylie Jenner. It was just like every house, it seemed like. Uh, I think, uh, let's see. There were a few other... I mean, there were probably billionaires there, but I didn't care about them. I, of course, wanted to know where the celebrities are. But it was a pretty impressive place there. When you go, that, like the halfway house, when you make the turn, you walk in and it's a candy store. It, it is literally a candy store that goes up like 20 feet full of any candy that you could want. And then... You know, there's like buried drinks along the way. They, you have a good time. I I was playing golf there. And uh, this is when Coachella was going on. And I was out in Palm Springs. And all of a sudden, I see a guy with his shirt off, way, way down, hitting golf balls. And I could tell by the tattoos that it was Harry Styles. And they had to tell him about decorum on a golf course, like you're not supposed to walk around with your shirt off and uh, you know, whatever he had on. But he was staying there at somebody's place across the street from uh, Coachella. All right. Uh, good job, Todd, staying on that to get uh, Dave Roberts there. And uh, he has a red stitch Pinot Noir that has uh, done really well. Daniel in Denver. Hi, Daniel. Thanks for holding. What can I do for you today?
9: Uh, hi, Dan. Uh,
5: 250? Uh, I just want to say thank you to you. Thank you to the Danettes. Thank you for all you've done. Everybody in the back and everything. Thank you, guys. And I hope you guys have a good holiday. Well, thank you,
0: Daniel. By the way, I'm wondering if we could get Shohei Otani a Crappensburg State glove. If he, <laughs> That would sweeten the deal. We did, have, uh, we did have a company send it in, my, uh, my CSU MIT, my Crappensburg State. And, of course, it's uh, Shartlesville, Pennsylvania. This is nice. Yes, Marvin.
3: Shohei's only making $2 million a year. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. At least for the next 10 years. <laughs> what is the lead? Who is the lead story on Monday? Todd, what is the lead
5: story? Denver tied for first in AFC West. Oh, God. The Broncos will beat the Lions, and somehow the Chiefs will lose in New England. What? Tied
8: for first.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. Stranger things have happened. Seton O'Connor, what is the lead on Monday?
4: It's going to be, uh, Mm -hmm. let's see, the Sunday night game is... What? Broncos, Lions? No. Sunday night is Ravens, Jags. Ravens, Jags.
0: Ravens,
4: Jags.
5: Saturday night, Denver, Detroit.
4: Thank you, Todd. Oh, that's Saturday night. Yeah. Hmm. It's going to be something NFL related. Okay. Um, Did I
0: surprise you by going to you for this? Because I can go to Marvin yeah, and Paul. Yeah, go to Marvin. Marvin, what's the lead on Monday?
3: Once you go, Dak. Wow. The Cowboys okay. take care of business in Buffalo.
4: Fire. Uh,
2: Pauly, what's the lead on Monday? Just for the awkwardness, Chiefs lose in New England. Oh, Bills back. Yeah. That'd be
0: great. Just yeah. from the awkwardness, that'd be great. Yeah, Seaton, you got one now. Yeah,
4: something football related. All right,
0: <laughs> thank you. You're already into the weekend. That's okay. Uh, my thanks to Chad and Julie with Traeger. They did a wonderful job. The spread is great. Recipe inspiration. You can go to uh, DanPatrick.com for today's menu. And the uh, backroom guys, they will be uh, there with the uh, 1215 podcast coming up in a little bit. I think uh, the Buffalo Bills Super Bowl contender this weekend, that they beat the Cowboys, Buffalo Bills, Super Bowl, question mark. Did we just make a bet about that? What we We learned, brought to you by the great folks at Traeger. Complete your outdoor dream deck with the all-new Timberline or stock up on Traeger sauces and rubs for the holidays. Tis the season for wood-fired flavor. Traditions are better with Traeger. Visit traeger.com for recipe ideas. Thank you again for allowing us to do this every single day, to be part of your day. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you Monday.
4: At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.